Welcome to American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk to the Touchstone Theater with Orange Schroeder and me as Orange talks with director Amina Kaplan and actor Nate Berger about APT's 2018 production of Our Country's Good by Timberlake Wartenbaker. We're talking about Our Country's Good by Timberlake Wurtenbaker, and this is based on Thomas Kinley's novel, The Playmaker. I'm fortunate to have with me the director, Amina Kaplan, and Second Lieutenant Ralph Clark, Nate Berger, who plays Captain Plume in um, The Recruiting Officer, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh, the author of Our Country's Good is not very well known. She's a British-based playwright who was born in New York, grew up in a small fishing village in France, and so she has quite an international background. And I wanted to ask, uh, to start out with, how her um, background in so many different countries might be reflected in the theme of displacement in our country's good. Oh, yeah, that what a great question to start with. I think her uh, diverse background is everything, honestly. Um, the, the characters in the play are so different. And uh, they are from all over the world. There's people from Africa. There are people from Aboriginals from Australia. And then there are people from Britain. And and then there's a whole class structure that's happening in the play. And I think uh, Timberlake's international experience is the only way that that could have come about. Of course, you know, without some research. But it it does feel like a very personal play. Like the, the people are very real. And... Um Senate, Second Lieutenant Ralph Clark was a real person who <laughs> staged the recruiting officer in the penal colony of New South Wales in 1788. And the um, title of the novel that it's based on was, is The Playmaker. So your character, Nate, is the playmaker, and um, he inspired the play. What can you tell us about him? About the real Ralph Clark? Well, or the character. Uh, yeah. Um, well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think that just, like, speaks to process a little bit because I um I mean I know he he was you know he was born in the mid 1750s the real guy and he fought in the American Revolutionary War and was kind of stationed a bunch of different places and then volunteered to come to Australia uh and the the only real thing that we have that's his is he wrote these three journals and one is missing um and some of them are used in the play but I didn't do a ton of research about the historical Ralph because it's not super helpful to me. Because uh, I think like how I tend to process information, I like to know about the world. So I read a lot of this book, uh, The Fatal Shore by Robert Hughes, which is about the founding of Australia and sets the stage for what the environment was like, what the world was like when all these people came to Botany Bay and Sydney Cove. and. Uh, the actual Ralph, his stuff is, uh, the thing that I have to build is the guy that's on the page. Um, and so the one that we're given is a man who is deeply in his faith, I think. Uh, he's sort of an ambitious blank slate. Um, he's looking for advancement sort of in an, at any turn. Uh, he is a married man who's trying to hold on to a life that he may have left behind for good. Um, And so he's trying to reconcile this new place and the opportunity for newness against holding on to the stuff that he feels as a Christian man he should hold on to. So I think that that's the stuff that 
is really interesting to me is the Ralph that's on the page. Uh, and some of the interest, some of the, his journals are pretty funny. There's a bit where he's like talking about Major Ross, who is sort of, for all intents and purposes, the villain in the play. <laughs> and like the real Ralph Clark says something like, uh, I don't think Major Ross is a very intelligent man, <laughs> but he is honest. And I was like, huh. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think he's, he's an interesting guy. I like playing him up against Plume, too. It's very different. Yeah, yeah. Can I just speak to what Nate just said? Because I really very much agree. I think a lot of people have different processes, um, but I really vibe with Nate's process because to me, um, the play is a living thing. Um, and um, I'm so glad that that's the way he's in seeing Ralph because it's it's enabled us to really find new stuff. Oh, um, in, in an extension of the historical figure. Also, there are other characters in the play that needed a newer life to them because we're doing the play in 2018. And by thinking of it as, as what's on the page and like, you know, extrapolating outward from what's on the page, we were able to really find some cool moments. And um, I think we found some really interesting stuff for Ralph as well and this, the um, John Caesar character in the play and the Aboriginal character in the play and the Wisehammer character in the play because we're interracially cast. And so that brought all kinds of new dynamics to the room. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to co-sign what Nate was saying. And are you setting it in a historic period? I mean, authentic, yes. it's, it's not being updated at no, all? No, no, no. Um, the characters are, we're being, in my opinion, true to Timberlake's script. Um, we are a multicultural nation in 2018, and so honestly, it's difficult to do a play without sort of intercasting things. That's what we're interested in as a society is getting to know each other. But I, I think that our intercasting um, and setting it back in you know when it was um, when it took place is a metaphor for our society now. It's um, We are all in this big melting pot trying to figure out how to craft a society that works. And that theme is still prevalent. Yeah, there's that bit. One of my favorite lines in the play is Wisehammer says, uh, I don't want to go back to England now because here no one has any more right than anyone else to call you a foreigner. Mm -hmm. And I think like the way we've cast it with all these different kinds of people, different ethnicities and backgrounds speaks to the disparate nature of those people forming a new country, mm -hmm. forming that Australia and really trying to build something cohesive out of a melange of different kinds of people. Cultures, yeah, yeah. different cultures. It feels very right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. It feels like we're in the right room at the right time. <clears throat> and the play isn't that old. It right, from the about, 80s. About 10 years, 10 years ago? Or? Uh, in the 80s. In oh, the, the 80s. Yeah, I okay. want to say 88. Yeah, Something I could be like wrong about that, but I think it's 88. Yeah. Okay. And um, it's often said that our country's good is uh, largely about the power of theater. Do you both want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, go. Well, I, think we can, I think we can both wax poetically. I'll yeah. take 15 seconds. You yeah, take 15. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, uh, yes, absolutely. The theater has been transformative in my personal life. I was supposed to be a lawyer who ran track on a track scholarship and became a lawyer, and here I am, this sort of bow-legged choreographer-director person. And um, <laughs> so the theater was where I went to kind of save myself, and um, just it's doing that for me right now. It's totally like providing a place for me to heal and like, you know, um, become whole and, and to express my creativity and my humanity. And I think that all of that are the themes of the play. 
Yeah, I think... Um, sorry, sometimes I just like, what do I actually think? <laughs> uh, I think that, like, what's great about... I mean, it's, it's about the power of theater, but I think it's sort of about the power of art, generally, mm. to... It's the missing ingredient. Like, there's this... They're trying to build a town, and they're trying to build a city, and then they're trying to build a country in this blank slate arid desert of a place and they're like we have food water shelter and then what's missing is culture and that's uh captain philip who is the governor-in-chief of new south wales is talking about trying to build a civilization and he's he's really interesting he's like he's ulysses he was like i was farming and then they (laughs) brought me back into the army and like asked me to do this um but i think like it's the thing that makes us uh, it's the glue. It's what makes all those disparate people find a voice together and build something that becomes theirs is this is art. Mm. Uh, and it just happens to be theater. And for some reason it's the recruiting officer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's actually, it's because they only had two plays on the ship. Apparently they had the recruiting officer and the, uh, what is it? The, the tragedy of lady Jane Gray. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's pretty lovely. And Amina, you just touched a little bit on on how you got to where you are in theater today. But mm-hmm. uh, we uh, remember your work last year as choreographer on Midsummer Night's Dream, which mm-hmm. was just amazing. And you're also a filmmaker and a percussionist. Can you talk a little bit about whether that influences what you do with our <coughs> country's good? Well, I think every part of my artistic experience um, informs what I'm doing in the present, for sure. I'm a physical person, um, so I'm leaning into, um, you know, the transitions and the beauty of them and sort of the, for lack of a better word, choreography of them. And blocking to me is choreography, even though it's pedestrian. Sometimes I'm talking in dance terms. And I do it on purpose. Um, It it is my world, but also I want um, the actors to think of themselves as moving instruments and that their bodies are their instrument as as well as their voice and their mind and that their body also is helping to tell that story. Um, The diversity of my background just comes mostly because I just have a lot of energy, I guess, and I just get (laughs) bored easily. I don't know. And um, and I just really don't like waiting tables. And so when I wasn't able to be an actor in L.A. or if things were slow, I played drums. And when I wanted to stay connected to theater but couldn't make a living in theater as an actor, I choreographed for theater in L.A. Oh. So and, and worked in television. So it was just um, it was a thing of necessity, honestly. Like I'm determined to be an artist and make my way as an artist, and that means I'm somewhat nomadic and um, just willing to sacrifice for for what I'm doing. I don't want to sound noble. It's not noble, but it's just it's just <laughs> it's important. Yeah, I just uh, really don't like waiting tables. <laughs> <laughs> so the the restaurants uh, losses are gain. Yeah, they don't um, like me either by the way. No, no, no one ever hired me like <laughs> So APT is also doing the recruiting officer this season, um, which I had the privilege of seeing last night. Uh, what parallels will, will people see in the two productions? Um, uh, there is uh, there's a lot. I mean, there's some of the text is in it, and it's really funny. We were talking about it last night because we had a talk back for the recruiting officer, and Kelsey was talking about who Kelsey, who plays Sylvia in the recruiting officer, plays Liz in Our Country's Good, who in Our Country's Good plays Melinda, another <laughs> character in the recruiting officer. Sorry if that was confusing. Um, but she was talking about, it's interesting because I'm not trying to give 
Andrea line readings or anything. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, there's there's some of that text in there, and it's interesting how it takes on different life for these people who are in a really intense. oppressed situation Mm -hmm. Um, and it becomes some of the lines that seem a little pedestrian in recruiting officer or about something like these people's relationship are about freedom. So Uh, it's not cast with the same people, same actors playing the same characters. Not all the way through. I play the character who plays Plume. Uh, Juan Rivera Lebron plays the character who plays Worthy, which is who he plays. And uh, Christina Panfilio plays the character who plays Rose, but everyone else is mixed up. Mixed yeah. up, uh-huh. and was that intentional? Is that I think it was just a factor of the casting, the way that we had to do it for um, our country's good. We had ten actors to play some twenty-five parts or whatever, or thirty parts. I don't know how many it is, um, and uh, so I think it was just a necessity. It necessitated that. But I love the cross-pollination and the way it's making us think of the play. And again, co-signing what Nate says, it's. Um, we are pulling new meaning out of some of the text of the recruiting officer because we have different people saying it who have different intentions. So when Brian at the end is playing Kite, he's a bad actor. He's not like some great actor who was in the recruiting actor or recruiting officer, so he's able to kind of play with that a little bit more. And this is also one of APT's first plays by a woman playwright. Which uh, oh, okay. oh God, is it really? <laughs> we did Eurydice. <laughs> it's, it's not the first one, but yeah. but there are not many. And I know that the playwright herself has found it frustrating to have her work produced. Mm. So it's it's wonderful that APT is making a point. I think of uh, of doing this. The times they are a changing, and that's a good thing. Mm. Thank you both so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Talkbacks to Go is a production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. Our theme music is Err by Steve Tibbetts, and it appears here by permission of the artist, courtesy of ECM Records. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks to Go. With Orange Schroeder, I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening.